And welcome to the VSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy Podcast. Um, it's Thursday, January the 19th. Uh, Phil, it feels like months since we last did this. Andrew, it is a long time ago, pre-Christmas. And um, yeah, lots has been happening and it's good to have you back on board. Well, it's maybe worth just mentioning that. Uh, obviously, we paused um, for Christmas and the new year. And then I've been out traveling in the United States. Uh, I actually went to, actually, I spent the weekend in Asheville, which was fascinating, uh, the home of the Vanderbilt family, a uh, lovely little town as well. But then I went to St. Louis, Boston, Philadelphia, and New York on a bit of a marketing trip. And um, there were two things in particular that I would perhaps mention that I became increasingly clear is one, uh, one of the things I did was I took out the, uh, the marketing book for our Aquis showcase. Um, which we held back in November, very successful event. And the first thing is various people were flicking through it. They were going, my God, these companies are cheap. Uh, how do we buy them? So I was explaining how to do that. And actually, secondly, they were all raving about the Aquis market because obviously they all understand NASDAQ and how it started. And, you know, as they said, God, this is just like how NASDAQ started. It's going to become a NASDAQ. Uh, and they also said, thank God, because we can't stand the London Stock Exchange and we hate AIM. Um, there really is a complete dislike for it. And this, as they put it, this bloody stupid nomad system you have. Uh, that was probably a terrible American accent, but there you are. I apologize for that. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, look, there's, there's no question about, you know, I was talking through some of the companies in that uh, booklet and they were looking at it. And so if anybody's got a copy of the booklet, they should probably look at it and try and work out which companies certain American people are probably now having a look at thinking, how can we get someone to buy them? Um, but I'll let other, everybody else work that out. I'm certainly not going to say it in public on this podcast. No, no, don't do that. And of course, we know the uh, you know the US has been well running a rule and very active in the UK markets in terms of M&A. So it sounds like some very interesting discussions there. Yeah, no, there were. And look, the market obviously has has started pretty strongly, uh, particularly in certain small cap names, uh, which is nice to see. It's, certain places it's probably run slightly ahead of itself I feel so do tread a little bit carefully we're not completely out of the woods yet um, but I certainly think that we're there is a little bit more liquidity around in the market as we speak today which is always good um, so uh, fingers crossed we're on for a better year yeah yeah that's definitely the uh, yeah the hope and as you say there's been a pretty good start in the markets yeah uh, and actually I'd have to say that I think that um, you know our space of transitional energy it, talking around people do feel that this could be the year that it delivers again I think I'm probably said this in a podcast before but I view the whole sort of transitional energy situation very much like the dot-com boom and the internet you know everyone in 1999 got incredibly excited about the internet race stocks up to crazy levels and of course it, it doesn't happen overnight so then we had the dot-com crash but the good companies yes they all crashed but went on to go to even higher levels later we will see the same in transitional energy it all got revved up and uh then didn't deliver in two nights so it all came crashing back down again but actually again the good companies uh, will go on to be incredibly successful and should be uh, followed now. And I think we are starting to, I think this is the year you'll start to see that. Yeah, I think we've also seen, Andrew, is energy and energy supply has been so much uh, in the news globally that that's also going to be, a you know, quite a driver that we didn't have before, maybe. Um, 
Well, again, I think it, it's all there. We are seeing, I saw a fantastic chart, actually. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, Phil, on um, the sort of amount of money uh, in energy, um, energy storage sector, corporate funding at all time high in 2022. It wasn't just an all time high. Um, it, it was a massive increase and corporate funding for energy storage companies reached more than $26 billion worldwide in 2022. Uh, that is a huge amount of money and it's actually going to grow in 2023. We really are starting to see it take off. <laughs> Sorry, excuse my cough. Whilst we're talking about energy storage, though, of course, we probably should um, mention our favourite corporate client, uh, Infinity Energy Systems, because they have had a few announcements out this week, haven't they, Bill? Yeah, they have. Yes, indeed. Uh, they signed a distribution agreement in the UK. It was a, well, it was a memorandum of understanding, as we call it. That's with the Dawson Group Power Solutions Limited, well, Dawson Group PLC. Uh, and Dawson Group, um, maybe not a widely known name, but turnover, you know, they have sales of over £300 million. And uh, they lease out all sorts of uh, equipment into the markets. And, uh, and now the intention is to lease out um, Inventus's uh, battery. Uh, battery storage system so quite exciting news from there and I, actually just on that I'll, I'll tell you what you know i have been saying to these guys for ages go into the rental market and the reason i say is you know one of the people reasons people aren't buying vanadium flow batteries they say oh the capex is so high mm. uh, we don't mm. want to pay the money up front well yeah. you know if you turn the clock back and you and i will remember this uh, when we were young you had exactly the same problem with a color tv it was very, very expensive. And you also always thought that, well, the technology is going to move on. If I buy one now, it'll be out of date in a year. So we all rented Granada Rentals and all these, you know, rental companies until the cost got to a level. We thought, oh, damn it, we can just buy it. And it doesn't matter if we throw it away in a year's time. It, you've got exactly the same with vanadium flow batteries. The CapEx cost is very high. And of course, they're improving so rapidly. You think, well, if I buy one now, I might want to replace it with one of the better ones in a few years time. The rental solution is so obvious and such a good way of doing it. And right now, with the way power prices, particularly in the UK, are going, you can make an absolute fortune just parking a box in a field. So I'm really pleased they've announced it. I think it will be a major positive step forward for them. Um, but then they also had some other news, didn't they? Yes, they did. And that's to do with the um, yeah, it's UK government's uh, long duration energy storage competition. Uh, and they've made it to through to phase two of that competition. And um, the government, you know, the intention is that, uh, that the, the government will provide up to 11 million pounds of matched funding um, for whoever the winner is um, of a storage project. Um, and Infinity have already lined up a, a partner should they win uh, for such a project. And uh, the fact they've reached uh, phase two is good, good news. Um, so we hope to hear results of that. I, mean, I think they said in a few months' time, but um, that could certainly provide upside to the business. Yeah, and, and we're obviously just doing sort of the week we just had. But I mean, since the new year, they've yeah. put out quite a few announcements, haven't they? Just a, a big orders, in particular yeah. coming out of um, Asia, uh, South Korea and Taiwan. It really does feel that momentum's going now and the orders are coming through. Um, you know, you just can't argue with the fact that this this is a product that works and people want to buy it. Well, that's incredibly valuable, uh, yeah. but probably enough said on that one. But whilst, yeah. whilst we're whilst we're on the sort of batteries, what a disappointment British Volt was. Oh, man, I know, I know. I was such hope behind this that the UK could finally get involved in battery, large scale battery manufacture. But, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to have the technology um, and you've got to have the orders for your products. 
Um, and, you know, British Vault was very early in gestation in terms of both of those key criteria. So such a shame to see that. The, the trouble is, though, you've got to, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, I blame the British government a lot. They really haven't supported this properly. If you look across Europe, there are numerous uh, gigafactories that are already open. There are numerous that are in construction and numerous yeah. that are planned. You know, we really did as a government. And we've got to hope that all of our doesn't matter whether you're Labour or Conservative or anything else, monster raving loony, they're all absolutely useless at the moment at any form of long term strategic planning. Uh, particularly as I also noticed um, that it was announced that um, uh, last year over 10% of the uh, vehicle market was EV, new sales. Well, you know, there is no stopping yeah. the switch to EV, it's a runaway train. It is only a matter of time before that 10% actually becomes only 10% of sales were ICE uh, combustion engine. Um, it's happening so quick. So uh, we want to be part of it. We do, of course, have um, Paul Atherley with Pensana, who's making a rare earth processing plant. And also the same person is, and we are acting for him on Alchemy, which is making the lithium hydroxide plant. So basically, Paul Atherley is doing what uh, the British government should do, and good luck to him. I'm sure he'll be successful, particularly with us helping him. I uh, just had to say that. Uh, let's hope so. The country needs it. it. Yeah, it does. But also, did you see this week that um, WAE Technologies is opening a new battery plant uh, in Oxfordshire? They're going to create around 300 jobs. Um, and WAE Technologies, my recollection, is Williams, what was Williams Advanced Engineering. So spin out from the Williams Formula One team. Um, and it was acquired by um, Fortescue, the iron ore company uh, last mm. year. And so, yeah, so they've announced they're going to build a battery plant. They're going to head with it. And that's for heavy goods vehicles. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be for mining trucks, um, but certainly for heavy goods vehicles. So that was positive news, um, you know, for, for battery manufacturer. Good. Keep going. So, so there we go. Yeah, keep going. Right. <laughs> and staying with very advanced engineering equipment for the transitional energy markets, uh, ITM Power. Uh, oh, oh, did you really have to bring the conversation back down? No, I know. <laughs> don't worry, we'll get it back up again. So... Uh, appointed a new CEO. Um, so this is the electrolyzer solutions to produce um, hydrogen. Um, but uh, yeah, I think some worked out as expected originally for for ITM and the hopes there. But they've got a new CEO placed in December. Um, obviously going through operations and what's happening, and they've said that their outcome for the financial year ending 30th of April 2022 will be materially different from current guidance, lower revenue and higher losses. So yeah. sad to see, but they've got £318 million on the balance sheet. So let's hope that they can get that uh, get that turned around. Yeah, talking of new uh, management, I see Pressure Technologies, which is one of our, our clients and one that we really, really like in the hydrogen storage uh, space. Uh, I've got a new FD this week, so well done them. Uh, and talking of ones not a client of ours, but one that I know you know quite well, which again, going back onto the rather negative side, was Carrera Network Securities. You, you've always quite liked that, but I'm afraid they issued guidance this uh, weekend. Mm. It is going to be below market expectations. Yeah, yeah, that was disappointing to see. So that's in, uh, that's in security. Yeah, Sorry, actually, just going back, sorry, briefly yeah. to sort of our, our mm. a few sort of picks and shovel stocks type thing there. 
it, it wasn't this week, but of course, just before the new year, Nexus Infrastructure, which we've talked about a lot, uh, did a fascinating deal where basically they sold off, well, frankly, as far as I can see, the majority of their business for a huge amount of cash uh, to leave just a sort of civil engineering business and a lot of cash. Uh, it had a big, good jump in the share price, although perhaps uh, not as much as shareholders would have won. But certainly, you know, it was an interesting move. Um, bit of a shame for me because I, I like what they sold. I thought it was, had great growth potential, but I can also see, understand why they did it uh, in the current environment. Um, we are where we are. That one, unfortunately, is probably from our point of view because we're not going to get involved in, in civil construction has come to a bit of an end. Uh, but, you know, Mike Morris, the CEO, has definitely looked after shareholders there. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yes, he has. And uh, I've, got, I've got to say, sometimes you've got to give yourself a pat on the back. Uh, good spot by us because we could see what's happening with the um, the EV charging um, business that they had and how rapidly that was growing the potential for it. So we are trying to look out for things for uh, for investors. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's done. Yeah, they've done a good job for shareholders at the end of the day. Yeah. All right. Back ball back in your court, as they say. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, Midwich. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to come up with that. It's one of your favourites, and that was a very good trading statement, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it's because I can ease. I was born near Northwich, so it's easy for me to remember. Um, no, I'm not kidding you. But uh, yeah, that was a good trading update. So, so Midwich ticket is MIDW. Uh, they had a four year trading update and they are a distributor of uh, AV um, products and AV products, audio, visual, of course, that's displays, projectors, broadcast equipment, professional audio. Um, you know, and they supply all the business markets about, you know, screens and stuff that you have in your office. You know, people go to to Midwich for for businesses. Um, and, and I was, yeah, I was quite taken by this. I was quite, I must admit, I was pleasantly surprised because I know they've had a good run during, uh, you know, I guess quite a bit of coming back into offices and stuff after COVID and people purchasing again. But they had a strong, yeah, strong finish of the year. Uh, record revenue for 2022. Uh, 1.2 billion pounds, growth of 40 percent, uh, organic growth, of course, there'll be some currency in there, organic growth of 20 percent, which we're looking closely at, maintaining their gross margins. And that's, you know, obviously display an inflationary environment. And they say they will be comfortably ahead of market consensus. Now, the stock, I was just looking at it, it's trading on 0.5 sales, uh, EV revenue multiple, P14 times, 13 times. So, um that's pretty yeah it was it was pretty good it was a good performance by then a strong decent uh cash generation and well-funded bank-wise yeah sounds like sounds like it's still a buy still on the same day we had I, I, there's an interesting point here. we had there's a lot of trading statements coming out at the moment endless every morning and actually in general it looks like uk plc is performing pretty well same day as midge which we had diploma who came out uh, everything going well in line with full, full your expectations. We had Curry's come out um, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, first 10 weeks of no, the last 10 weeks or whatever. Again, guidance unchanged. So they were all pretty good, weren't they? All yeah. the trading statements coming out at the moment are looking pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I really think so. And uh, you know, on, the, on the smaller size, what Quicksense, that's QXT, 108 million market cap. Um, and these guys, it's, you know, it's electronics hardware. Uh, they make computer systems that go into um, gaming machines, but also used by the broadcast industries. Uh, and they had um, they they'd upgraded in October, um, but then they've come out with a very positive trading statement as well. So 
Uh, that was good to see. Yeah, adjusted profits slightly ahead of market expectations. Uh, net cash uh, was up from $12 million to 13, just under $13 million. So that was, yeah, that was pretty positive as well. Yeah, one I also spotted, you may not have done totally, actually. I don't know if you looked at Oxford Nanopore. I mean, it's not, it is sort of tech, it's biotech almost. I mean, it's, actually, I just wish Oxford Nanopore would be hugely successful because I think what they're going to do in terms of for us as people in the end is incredible. It will extend our lives and help make our lives much more comfortable. The whole concept of what they're doing is so good. And I just hope it never becomes a sort of Theranos. I'm sure it won't. Please don't take that as a, as a suggestion. Um, but of course, um, IP Group is highly connected to Oxford Nanopore, so that's quite good news for IP Group. And we have been, uh, IP Group is a company that we we really like, but obviously has suffered basically with the um, valuations of private equity firms, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I did notice that one as well. Yeah, an IP Group, I think at this sort of stage in the market is worth you know, it's certainly worth a further look. Um, I mean, regarding overall tech valuations, which, you know, they're off about 30% over sort of 12 months in the markets. But, you know, let's let's uh, let's see. But some things have been really, you know, potentially oversold uh, and should be looked at. But, yeah, well, that was good. Uh, I also saw IQE. Uh, they had a trading update for their year end, um, and they produce uh, compound semiconductor wafers. Uh, that are used to make chips and the chips go into smartphones, to cameras, sensing devices um, and believed to be, according to the Times, um, used in Apple's facial recognition technology. But they had a, a year-end trading update and the signal revenue was expected to be about 8% higher than the prior year, subject to audit review. Um, they went on about impact of some small provisions um rephasing a revenue form contract um and then they said that the group's trading has been largely resilient despite the environment um but they're seeing some softness in the wireless markets and in the first half they may see destocking i mean it was a bit of a mixed uh bag i have to say of a statement that one mm. i saw uh jumping a little bit back towards batteries illica at the beginning of the week signed an mou with the certec medical partnership to collaborate with the manufacturing and commercialization of their miniature stereo, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Stereax solid state batteries. And then they had their interims today. Um, the MOU sent the share price significantly higher. The interims, well, the share price is down a little bit, not too much. I suspect it was what the market was expecting, but uh, only £200,000 of revenue and a loss of £4 million. It's not a problem. They got about £18 million in cash. And it is a really interesting business. Um, but probably the market got a bit of a a bit ahead of itself on that one. And then the other one where we've had um, two announcements this week, which caught my eye, which was Ashdead Technology. Uh, we've mentioned this one a few times before. It's, um, it is Ashdead Technology. It must be in the tech sector. But actually, when I was acting for Ashdead, um, I hate to say it, 25 years ago, uh, actually, I was there when this, this division of Ashdead was first put together and, and as a concept created. Um, under the watchful eye of Peter Lewis and George Burnett. That's taking you back a long time. Uh, but on Monday, they put out a trading update um, where they said that EBITDA was expected to be modestly ahead uh, with adjusted EBITDA, and it's adjusted we all look at now anyway because the accountants got absolutely mad, uh, comfortably ahead of market consensus. So that was really good news. Uh, and then actually today it was announced that one of their major shareholders had, had um, uh, sold about 18.8% of the company as a secondary placing and actually some of the management did as well. 
I actually don't read that as bad. I mean, it's you know, people do sometimes have to to sell a, a position and management. You know, again, you know, they've got their own lives, should we say, to uh, live, uh, and so they have to do that sort of thing. But it did just knock the share price a little bit today. Um, but again, I wouldn't read too much into that. Uh, it's a company I fundamentally sort of like. Yeah, well, there we go. Now, one, and here's here's one, one last one for me. Um, but uh, again, one, one we have commented on before, I think is really is, is in an interesting and, and sadly, this is in a growth space. And this is in uh, it's Kooth, K-O-O-T-H. Uh, and the ticket in that is K-O-O. It's about 50 million market cap. Um, and they have a digital mental health platform. So it's a software uh, platform that is um, it's helping the, you know, the NHS and with the significant problems in uh, with mental health that we're seeing in the in the UK. Um, and they said that. Uh, they, so this was for the year ending uh, end of December. Revenues expect to be within range of market expectations of 19.6 million to 20.2 million uh, and growth of 15 percent compared with the prior year, uh, high levels of recurring revenue, about 95%, and net cash at the end of the year of 8.5 million. Um, and as I say, you know, for very, very sad reasons, but they are trying to, you know, their product uh, helps. Um, it's being driven by uh, demand from mental health care, particularly for the, uh, uh, for the NHS. Um, they're also looking to expand into the US market as well, uh, which they announced in October. Um, and they said they just signed a contract with the state of Pennsylvania uh, for early stage rollout for to cover 150,000 students across uh, the state and providing access to mental health support in the state. So that's worth looking at. Oh, interesting. Uh, actually, we, we have got some more. I'll tell you why, because don't forget, we are sort of tech trans and brands. Yeah. Uh, although, as I was saying to somebody today, uh, we could become brands and bands. Um, just to explain that, one of the companies that presented at our Aquis Showcase Day, the incredible event we had at the end of November, uh, was uh, ATC Group, who managed bands, in particular Radiohead and various other things. And it's actually such an interesting company. I've, ever since the, uh, the the event, I've been chatting to the CEO, such a nice guy. And is that he was also um, working with Chrysalis and helped get all the sort of the, the end game there with Chris Wright and made a huge amount of money. People are quite popular with shareholders uh, and people like Schroeder's uh, a highly supporting other shareholding. Um, and I said, yeah, where you could become the bands of our brands and bands. <laughs> so get, get ready, Phil. Um, but actually joking apart in the brand space and, and you know, this is, and it is technology as well to a certain extent. We had a trading up group update from what was the Hutt Group now, THG. Um, it was, I don't know if you read the statement, it was so complicated. Um, but the market didn't really like it. Um, the Hutt Group is still having a little bit of a struggle uh, to really get itself um, back in with shareholders. Um, but whilst talking about the Hutt Group, uh, we also today had a trading statement from S Ventures, which is a corporate client of ours. Um, they they do um, brands basically in the in the kitchen, should we say, healthy food and that sort of stuff. So a really interesting company, read by a very, led by a very interesting entrepreneur uh, who's been very successful, which is why we like it. Um, he's just done a major acquisition actually of Javella, which um, does gluten free bread. It has actually about a 50% market share of the the entire gluten free bread market in in um, the UK. Uh, so 
you know, it's all about the future, not the past. So don't worry too much about the trading statement. Uh, and of course, in our little portfolio of, of um, brand companies, worth mentioning two others. I mean, uh, Silverwood, as you know, just before Christmas, but I don't sure we ever really commented upon this, but we did the, because I think we'd almost given up, we did the incredible um, acquisition of basically 20% of Lush. Um, the good news is I see Lush is a private company, but I've seen reports out that Lush had a record Christmas uh, and start to the year and that profits are booming and they are very optimistic about the future and the expansion of the business. So that bodes very well for Silverwood. And um, on that note, I mean, this year alone, we have seen some big, big moves in some of these um, uh, little co companies involved, should we say, sorry, in brands. Um, and in particular, Farfetch. I don't know if you noticed this one. Um, they've had a really um, big move up. And one of the reasons, of course, is that they are, they distribute high-end brands uh, into China. And of course, with China opening up, people are all now getting um, rather excited, should we say. Um, Farfetch is up 21% so far this year. Going, going back to the Hutt Group, before they put out that trading statement, it was actually up 50%. One of the things is that, you know, that people reckon that the Chinese consumer during their extended lockdown have saved up four trillion dollars which people now think they will go out and spend um so the group that should benefit from this i'm actually going down to see them tomorrow but i think you are phil but for a different reason i'm actually taking investors uh is samarkand um samarkand obviously have had a pretty tough time uh whilst china's been in lockdown because they uh have they have probably the best technology in the world for selling brands into china uh, as we come out of lockdown I'm expecting things to really perk up for Samarkand. Uh, the stock price obviously has come back a long way. I would say that is an absolute roaring buy at the moment. Um, because, yeah, it, it, it has come back quite understandably quite a long way. Um, but I suspect they, they are going to be having, they will have an incredibly good 2023. That's my that. forecast, by the way. We are corporate to them and it's, it's not what I think you as the analysts are necessarily saying, but no, I, I think they will. Yeah, but all I would, all I would add is um, that when you say they do have very, very good technology, I mean, they do. Um, FedEx uh, are going to be using their, are using their technology. Uh, so it's cross-border e-commerce enabling, you know, e-commerce brands in the West to ship into, into China, which is the biggest e-commerce market. But uh, not only FedEx using, starting to use it, but also SF Express, which is the FedEx equivalent in China. You know, they're a huge global career as well. So you've got to, as always with smaller companies, look at the quality of the customers to make a judgment on the quality of the products. And they've got, uh, they've got some pretty super, uh, super customers behind them. Well, it's always good to go full circle. We started off with me talking to uh, people in America about which companies potentially look really attractive in the UK market. I think it's fair for me to say that uh, in America, they really do understand e-commerce they have a lot of big, big companies out there. They love to sell their brands into China. Um, the valuations they put on people who have got the ability to do it are vast. And I think it's probably fair to say that they were quite intrigued by Samarkand. <laughs> I'm not saying anything I shouldn't know, I promise you. On that yeah. note, before I do say something I shouldn't say, uh, let's call it a day. I hope uh, everybody listening is pleased that Tech and Trans is back. 
because uh, I know we've been away for a while. I'm sure you missed us terribly. Um, as oh. usual, um, if you want to send us some money, please do. No, if you want to sponsor us, please do. No, 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 no. If you've got ideas, just tell us, and we're always happy to talk about it. If you disagree with anything we say, then please let us know, and we'll try and correct it. But on that note, thanks, Phil. We'll speak again next week. Excellent. I look forward to it as always, Andrew.